0: Welcome to the ProcureTech Podcast, bringing insights and inspiration into how digital technology is shaping our profession. I'm your host, James Meads, tea drinker, expat, <laughs> definitely not your typical consultant. Yes, hello there. Welcome to another episode of the ProcureTech Podcast the only podcast out there that just focuses on digital transformation of procurement and why you should be doing it to make your procurement team and your day-to-day operations a lot more effective and productive. And today we're going to cover a category that is often ignored or neglected by central procurement teams. And for good reason, because it's often quite a difficult category to penetrate and to get interaction from stakeholders. Yes, we're talking today about marketing procurement and specifically the procurement of promotional items, which is often a huge time suck and also an area of huge savings potential if you get it right. And my guest today who's going to talk about this with me is Sarah Scudder, who is the founder and CEO of Real Sourcing Network, and who also owns her own IT sourcing company, Sourceit, which covers this whole topic of dealing with marketing spend. So Sarah, welcome and thank you for coming on the show.
1: Thank you. I am joining from beautiful Danville, California in the San Francisco Bay Area. And I think we're going to get to about 80 degrees today, which I am not sad about.
0: Which is, I think, about 27 Celsius, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, that's pretty warm for end of April. So uh, good stuff. It's good for the soul, isn't it? Especially during these times. I, I'm not a winter person. I think if I had the choice, I would spend winter in Cape Town or Buenos Aires or somewhere.
1: Yeah, you need to have your your split residence so you can bounce around based on weather.
0: I'm I'm working on it. I've got a business to grow first, but yeah, I'm definitely working on it. Um. So, Sarah, first of all, let's kick off. Tell me why is marketing procurement different?
1: Yeah. So. My my entire career has been spent in marketing in some capacity whether I was running marketing as a marketer whether I've been doing marketing procurement or now I'm on the technology side of marketing and in all the roles that I've held I've noticed a couple common themes with the marketing category and the first is Marketing stakeholders oftentimes want nothing to do with procurement. They have their own priorities, their own goals. They typically have a pretty significant budget and are the decision maker and sole controller of the budget. They often report directly into the CEO. They sit on the executive team and they don't want somebody telling them what to do, how to manage their suppliers, what they should or shouldn't buy. So there's often some pretty significant tensions that arise between procurement and marketing stakeholders. So what I've seen time and time again is procurement just ignores or avoids the marketing spend altogether, and they go after other lower-hanging fruit categories Categories where they're not going to receive as many objections and it's not going to be as difficult and hard to overcome. So that's probably the biggest thing that makes the marketing spend different is it's very, very challenging for procurement and marketing to work together.
0: And you raise some really good points there because my, my background or certainly one of the categories I've managed extensively in the past is is CapEx and MRO. And certainly on the MRO side, procurement faces some very similar challenges to those that you describe in that a lot of our stakeholders think that they're buyers um, and they, they're very independent with how they spend their budget. I think the big difference between MRO and marketing, the way that you describe it, is that... Marketing has a much faster or, or or speed dial to the CEO, and in terms of the size and the breadth of their budget, it's certainly much larger than than a, than a plant or an operation has, um, as 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 a factory or as a business unit. Because that's typically something that generally tends to get their budgets cut as soon as companies need to tighten up. So we're going to have an interesting discussion on this, I think. So. I would presume from what you said then, if this is a fairly immature category in most organizations, that um, even though procurement managers may be able to find lower hanging or easier savings elsewhere in terms of stakeholder engagement, there's probably a lot of low-hanging fruit to be tapped into here for reasons that you've said.
1: Yeah, so I believe today the two biggest Growth opportunities for procurement are IT and marketing spends. Those, in my opinion, are the lowest hanging fruit and can drive the most efficiency and cost savings. IT, for obvious reasons in that it's a pretty massive or significant spend at almost any company today when you factor in security and risk and all the different components that are involved with IT but marketing being again one of those first or second it's often a category that has never been looked at and i know that may seem shocking but there are so many brands i've worked with or stakeholders or decision makers that i've talked to and they have never once evaluated or looked at their marketing spend they've never done an rfp They've never gone out to bid or looked at or analyzed the suppliers from a cost perspective. So there is substantial savings opportunities, again, both from an efficiency perspective and an actual cost perspective. And I think one of the the reasons for that is marketing drives sales. So if I'm a CMO or a VP of marketing, and I you know, have a new idea or new plan, I go to the CEO, I'm gonna get my budget for it often pretty quickly, and then I'm up, off and running. And I typically need things very, very quickly. I also focus on creativity and innovation. And when you look at from a procurement perspective, procurement is often known to marketing as people that are going to really, really delay the process make things really, really slow, make marketing miss their deadlines, and, and worry about cost so much that it's going to impact quality and the end result, which is to drive sales. So you've got a misconception, I believe, about if procurement works with marketing, these delays and impacts on quality and deliverability, which if procurement does it right, aren't the case, but that's what marketing perceives.
0: And that kind of segues nice into, nicely into what you've developed as a tool because not only do we in many companies have an image problem in that procurement is seen as being just blockers or, or a walking rule book in, in a similar vein, I guess, to, to the way HR are often seen. Um, but we also need to, what if we go into a hostile category like marketing or like MRO, we need to be able to show that we can Add value rather than just impose compliance rules on them. And I mean, I get with marketing from what from the very, very little that I know about it is kind of divided into two very distinct categories, and that is digital or visual media and print media. And your tool deals with print media. So maybe just before we dive in there, if you could just give a quick differentiation between why digital media is a is sort of a completely different than than print media and then we can go from that
1: yeah so those are definitely two of the the big buckets in marketing some companies depending on the vertical and you know what they're selling they have they have other pretty large buckets as well but media is really focused on seo Running ads online, the more traditional Super Bowl com- commercials, and the media spend can be substantial. It may be, you know, half a half a uh, half a billion to a billion dollars at some companies, and the media buy and the media spend is often very ad agency driven. So it's it's a, a brand going out and, and working with and selecting a large agency and then maybe some smaller agencies as well to do some smaller projects. And that is a a very, very different spend, a very, very different play than looking at some things that are more transactional, like print warehousing fulfillment, kitting more of kind of the day-to-day type needs in marketing. So the tool that we've developed at RSN does not touch or deal with agency or large media spends today. I think, again, it's a very different strategy. It's it's harder to automate that with technology. Now, once you have a contract in place with an agency, there are some tools out in the market that help you manage that relationship and manage your pricing and manage that ongoing. And then our tool again, is focused on the more transactional print type needs that a brand will have.
0: And is it fair to say then, just based on what you just said, that even though the the digital media is is the more strategic part that has the bigger spend, are we looking here at a classic sort of 80-20 relationship where the the print media may be a lower area of spend, but it t- it tends to be where where the most noise is in terms of number of vendors and number of day-to-day transactional issues, requisitions, purchase orders, invoices, and so on and so forth.
1: Yes, you're absolutely correct. As with a lot of different categories and experiences I'm sure we've both had, often your print media is going to be a substantially smaller spend than your media, but it often requires more manpower, more work, more headache, because there's so many transactions some of them very, very small, you could have a two or three four hundred dollar transaction, and when something goes wrong, it can cause a huge upheaval and a lot of work and resources for something that's a very, very low dollar value
0: and I guess the difference between this versus something like spare parts or office suppliers where also there are a lot of requisitions and purchase orders. I presume that most of this is one-time spend it's not it's not repeatable purchases in most cases.
1: yeah so it's, it's interesting in the, the print media world there are two, two pretty distinct different types of, of products or different types of, of categories. One is your what I call your one-off projects. Marketing develops a new campaign, some a new product, procurement potentially will we'll get involved and help with that. And it's going to be something where they're they need to source five or 10 or six different types of print items, window clings, flyers, packaging, labels, whatever it may be. And that's going to be produced, utilized. And that's just a one time. We're not going to be reordering or doing it again. Then you have your catalog print type items, and these are things that are reoccurring. This may be packaging, labels, sales material for the marketing team. This might be trade show materials that the marketing team is going to continuously use as they go to different events to build the brand and increase awareness and recognition. So there are, it's, it's important to note the difference because again, catalog is your repeat kind of day to day type items. And then you also can get a pretty substantial amount of these one off project type spends as well.
0: So tell us a little bit about Source It then, because from what I understand, it covers both. So you can build your own catalog off the back of it, but you can also do RFPs for one time buys
1: yeah, so given my experience again as as running marketing and then doing marketing procurement, in both roles, I saw a lot of I felt wasted time and resources, very um, much people getting stuck in the weeds, sending emails, doing spreadsheets, calling, texting. And I thought, there's got to be a better way to manage. A lot of this back-end day-to-day work that's involved with the print media piece, and even some of the, the smaller marketing services like, oh, we need a video produced, or we need an editor, or we need some translation services, some small service things that aren't necessarily included in an agency contract. And so I got to thinking about some of the solutions that were in the market, and you have you know, your ERP or procure-to-pay systems. And I started looking at those and none of them really worked or made sense for marketing because marketing is such a very specific and unique category. And then I got to talking to colleagues who were at other companies and they had these ERP or procure-to-pay systems. And I said, well, what are you doing? How are you managing this for marketing? And they said, oh, we don't use it. We just use email and spreadsheets. So companies who have made significant investments in, mark- in, in these solutions, the marketing teams and marketing procurement teams still weren't using them because it just didn't make sense. So I said, there's got to be a way to develop some sort of technology solution that's very specific and niche to print marketing and marketing services. So our solution at RSN, as you said, is called SourceIt, and we... We basically just you know, took all the different experiences um, that we had running marketing and doing marketing procurement and bundled it up and put it in an actual system to automate a lot of the day-to-day work. So what it does, it allows a buyer, whether that's someone in HR, someone in operations, an admin, someone in marketing, someone in marketing procurement, to log in and do two major things um we can set up and manage a catalog so you can have your day-to-day items which have already been rfq'd a contract has been awarded and there's a a set price and the teams can go in simply click and add to the cart check out and get exactly what they need on those day-to-day purchases
0: sorry sorry so that is um that is a catalog that's hosted on -hmm. on the client's server it's not it's not a punch-out catalog for, uh, for for the supplier
1: that is correct. It's, right. a, it's catalog is is in our system. That's correct. And the common catalog type items would be, you know, your stationary programs. If you're doing forms, labels, packaging, again, sales materials, uh, trade show materials, just things that you're going to need to order a lot throughout the year. And then the second component of our software is what we call the market module, which is where you actually generate RFQs and manage a competitive bidding process. So you pick from a catalog what it is you want to source, whether it's tags, whether it's an integrated product, whether it's translation, whether it's a catalog, a book brochure. So we have about 115 pre-assigned different types of print and marketing services in the catalog the user selects what it is, and it could be a project where it contains multiple items. And then our tool based on what you select from the catalog will guide you through building out the specs. And one of the challenges with print is, it's not like you mentioned earlier, office supplies, where it's a pen, whiteout, a paperclip. Print has a lot of different nuances. There's paper stock, there's types of coding, there's die cutting, there's all these different things that if you don't have a strong print background, you would have no need to even know what those things are.
0: So just with that alone, it's going to save a lot of to and fro between the buyer or the, or the marketing manager and the supplier. Because nine times out of 10, when a, when a stakeholder or a requisitioner wants to buy something, they don't really know what they want to buy. They, they've got an idea in their head, but it's only once a procurement person or a supplier starts asking them questions that they really understand the breadth and scope of options that they have.
1: That's exactly right. And one of the things that we recommend is you could have marketing actually build out the RFQ in the tool so they go through and make all their spec selections. And then they can pass it off to procurement to finish the RFQ or the bid if they want. So you can have multiple people involved in different steps. And we do think it's really beneficial because it kind of helps marketing reins them in a little bit and makes them, you know, go through and make those selections instead of just leaving it kind of wide open. Once the RFQ is built, then our tool automates a five bid process. So we have intelligence that matches the specs of the job with the in-house production capabilities of the suppliers. So once Um, The bid request then goes out. Those suppliers, our tool knows that they have the best equipment for that type of of project and, and those specific specs for the job. Now, the supplier base is built out three different ways. Some organizations already have their own vetted and approved print and marketing services supplier base. They may have 5, 10, 20, 30 different suppliers that they vetted, they've used, they trust. They don't want any other suppliers. They just want to do competitive bidding amongst their supplier base. So they can set up and manage their own suppliers in the tool. Some other organizations may not have a built out or vetted approved supplier base. In that case, we have suppliers that are already built into the software that the buyer can use if he or she chooses and our supplier base is built out in Canada, the United States, and Australia currently. The third is a combination, and this is the most common. So you can set up your incumbent supplier in the tool and then use our supplier base, so it's a combination, and that's what we see most often. And then the bid request goes out, suppliers get an email notice, they log into the tool, provide their pricing, Then the buyer gets a notification once all the bids have been completed, and then she'll log into the tool, look at the bids, and make her selection. Now, one of the things that we also decided to build into the tool, which I personally am very passionate about, is sustainability and diversity spent. So sustainability is very specific and unique for print marketing because there's specific certifications that print suppliers have, carbon neutral, Um, there's just, there's many out there. So in our tool, we've built out all the different major certifications. And as a buyer, you can select if you want to include or only bid to suppliers with those specific certifications. And then the second is the diversity spend piece. So that's buying from suppliers that are minority owned, veteran owned, um, union, women owned, so we have five different categories built out for that. Again, same thing. If that's something you're tracking and managing as a company, automating that through a tool like ours can really help and and make it easier. So
0: in terms of building a business case for this, um... I mean, what, what's, your, what's your revenue model? Do you, do you charge the suppliers to register or, or, is it, or is it the buyer that pays to have access to the tool? And then if it's the buyer, then what typically would they see as the payback? Is it just increased amount of white space so as employees can concentrate on more strategic work or, or does it actually deliver hard savings rather than just cost avoidance?
1: Yeah, so we do not charge suppliers. We did not feel that that model made sense for us being a startup and, and just kind of getting started. So there is no cost to a supplier to join our platform. Uh, we have two different pricing models. The first is our software license, where a company uses our tool themselves to do all the bidding and buying and reporting and data for this category. And that's a per user per year with a five user minimum. So if someone has 10 users, they paid for 10 seats. If they have five users, they pay for five seats. So whether you do 10 RFQs or 100 in one day does not change the price of, of the software.
0: So it's, so it's unlimited usage, but it's charged Correct. per user, right?
1: Correct. With a five user minimum. And then This second model that we offer is called a buying service. And the reason that we, we launched this is just by companies simply asking for it. And typically, this is gonna be smaller brands that maybe only have a couple people on their procurement team. They may only have one or two people on their marketing team. And they look at the platform and say, We love this, we wanna do competitive bidding. We want to track and manage our data. We like the the strategy, but we don't have the resources to do this. Can you just do it for us? And, and they that, don't have the
0: resource to go out and find their their own vendors either, I guess. That's no, right. that's uh that's a that's a really and I can see how that would benefit, you know, the 10, 20 million dollar company right. that would have a significant promotional spend, but but they just don't have the headcount to do it. And even if they do have procurement teams, they're likely going to be sort of transactional operational more sort of junior buyer staff members rather than a strategic centralized procurement department right because at that at that level of company size they're just not going to have it
1: that's right and and you know i mean you you specialize and work with um some category brands in that space as well where they don't have full-blown you know procurement or, or marketing teams so exactly right they they're just not mature you know in their procurement or marketing journeys so our buying service can be up and running within one day there's no setup cost no cost to engage so there's nothing that they have to worry about out of pocket and then in that model we add a management fee to the cost of the product so if we we go out and and do an RFQ and and manage the bidding and buying process for a client on a job and let's say it's $10,000 when we invoice the client for that $10,000 that includes our management fee so you you mentioned soft dollar savings, um, which of course is, is there, but we really, really focus on the hard dollar savings because that's what CFOs want to see. That's what executives want to see is how much money is this actually going to save. Exactly. They want to see the bottom savings.
0: line. Cost avoidance is all well and good, but ultimately they want to see what hits the P&L.
1: Yeah. So that's great that you're going to do all these other things, but... You know, they want to know, well, what actually are you going to save me? How is this going to impact my bottom line? So right right now we're seeing across both of our models, the software license and the buying service, we're seeing about a 14 to 22% annual cost savings. Wow. So if you're looking at a $2 million spend, again, if we're factoring in promotional items, apparel, labels, packaging, you know, a $2 million spend is 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 not out of the question. And if, you know, we assume 20% savings, you're looking at about a $200,000 a year annual savings. You take off the cost of the software. <clears throat> I mean, you're looking at a pretty substantial savings. And the key to that is though, it's super easy to get our program up and running. When you look at an ERP or procure to pay system, you know you might have significant savings but it's so daunting to think about having to do a one or two-year implementation right and consume all of your time and resources that it just may not be worth it but in our case i mean you can be up and running in one day or within a week with either of our services and it it doesn't really impact your day-to-day functioning in procurement or marketing
0: and what 14 to 22 percent just goes to show i mean certainly in terms of uh anything relating to operations or industry, those those savings are, are pretty much unheard of. So it just goes to show what an untapped category marketing can be if it's uh, if you are going into an organization where marketing spend has never been touched before by procurement. So uh, really interesting for you to share that. So well, final question, Sarah, just as we wrap this up, if, if anyone's interested in using the tool or would like to connect with you, um, where's the best place they can find you? And the second part of that is you mentioned that um, you're active in in the US, Canada, and Australia. But if anyone from Europe wants to get in touch, uh, c- can they connect with you too?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So best way to connect with me is on LinkedIn. My name is Sarah Scudder. I'm very active and invisible. So I'm sure if you start typing me and I'll come up as in the top and shoot, <laughs> me, a, shoot me a connect request, and then we can um, message that way. And we actually, are our platform is global. We built it to, to service all countries. So right now it's only available in English, but we do have all the currency and metric options built in. And we actually do already have users in Europe. So absolutely, if you are a US-based brand and are really looking to drive savings and efficiencies in marketing, and we're interested in our platform, um, we we can definitely service that market. And I'll also say, I think after COVID and once all the, the the kind of craziness dies down a little bit and we get back to, quote, the new norm, I think procurement is going to become so much more important, so much more valued, and they're going to be taxed with driving substantial savings this year and for the next few years. And I think I would highly recommend anyone in a procurement role to really, really look at their marketing spend as a way to drive savings, a way to get quick wins, and it can be some pretty low-hanging fruit, especially now since a lot of marketing teams have been cut. I mean, I've seen where companies have just laid off their entire marketing team, 50% of their marketing teams, and then they've also substantially cut the marketing budgets, so, marketing is going to need to really show efficiencies and savings to be able to do what they're, they're hired to do, which is build brand awareness and increase sales.
0: And if they've got to do more with less, not only in budget, but also with headcount, this this kind of kills two birds with one stone. Yeah, absolutely. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing with us your tool and uh, explaining to us a little bit more about how marketing procurement works. And if anyone out there hasn't looked at marketing spend, and it's an area that I've not really looked at much in the past in terms of my career, but it does seem these patterns do seem to be everywhere And Sarah's right. A lot of companies now are starting to look at marketing and IT spend because they see see it as being the golden geese that, that have traditionally always been left alone. So that's one tip you can take away from this week's episode, then go after your marketing spend and hopefully you will get dividends from it. Sarah, thanks again. Look after yourself and all the best and good luck with your tool. Thanks, James. So that was a great episode for me because I actually got to learn a little bit about marketing procurement, which is an area that, honestly, I've never really had any involvement with. Just a quick note and a request from me before we go. If you like the ProcureTech podcast and you want to let more people become aware of it and find it, the best thing that you can do to help us with our reach is to pop over to LinkedIn and follow the ProcureTech podcast page. That would really, really help us reach more people and get more listeners to the show and to be able to take our message to more procurement professionals like yourselves. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the ProcureTech podcast. If you like the show, then please subscribe or even better, why not write us a quick review on Apple Podcasts? It would not only really make my day, but it would also help our mission to enable procurement and finance leaders to become more data-driven through the power of digital transformation.